this hour to be able to answer people's questions, but that there is no one in this venue that could give individual specific advice. That's just a reality of the limitations of this, that you don't have an opportunity to actually meet the person right. and see things for yourself. So we want to let people know that the advice that you will give is uh, not individual specific, that it's meant to be more general information. But having said that, it's always amazing the information that you give us. It Thank fills, you very much. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity, especially in the last two weeks, to talk to parents that I, I feel like I'm talking to BCBAs, and it's just because they've been watching the show for I love that. For several fantastic. Years. There's so many parents who, where I see with their writing, they just have it. They've gotten the concept. It's fabulous. I was, talking, really nice. I was talking to a mom last night who knows skills backwards and forward and, really? and was saying, you know, uh, well, I was telling somebody I want them to add in this program and that you can find this in this curricula area and, you know, it's this lesson and the building block is this. And this That's is amazing. a mom. That's amazing. That, so I want to say, I, and you haven't seen it yet, but okay. wait until you see it. The okay. new uh, skills for adults. Oh. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. And it's not really, I mean, it's, I think it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the age. I think it's 14 and up. Oh. So it's, but it is an incredible, and the build though, the, you know, the, the one problem I've always had with skills is that we kind of did it backwards, right? We did massive content. Right. And we didn't really, we don't have the type of money to spend on fancy um, technology. So we sort of just built it ourselves and right. said, let's just, get it out there to people as fast as possible. So it's not really user friendly. Like you want to get something, like you look at our graph, you have to go back out and find something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now the new skills, which we've just built with our partners in India, uh -huh. uh, it, which we're going to use that skin for, right. this ski for this skills as well. So right. we're going to use that infrastructure so that it'll make easier to manipulate oh. this one, to maneuver this one. But the new one is just incredible. So everything is at a click, one click, wow. everything. So, and it's same concept. It's basically 14 and up and it's for... Uh, it has all the different areas for adults, which uh, is amazing. Like everything, you know, I can't even, there's vocational, daily living skills, um, safety skills, all the executive functioning for adults. Wow. There's just pretty amazing stuff. And it's the same format. So you answer questions and then you will get um, lessons that you can select from and so on. And it's about 4,000 lessons. Wow. And uh, it is just so much better in terms of its user friendliness. And wow. it produces a multitude of different types of visuals for you, graphs. And it allows you to also put in all of the like dietary medication. It's just fantastic. I was really blown away when I saw the demo. When do we get it? It's out. We are, um, I think, at the end of this month. Wow. I think it'll be out publicly, yeah. And I believe they're calling it Skills Living, although although there's wow. some uh, debate about that name. I like it, but I we'll like see. It. Uh, that's it's very exciting to me. It's like fantastic. I can't wait to see it. And I, you know, I have somebody who's about to be 14 in in less than two weeks now. Right, I can't right. believe that he's going to be 14. And um, but uh, it gives me a little anxiety oh, though amazing. too because it's like oh we're, you know I'm not going to know where the buttons are and I have anxiety when they move stuff at Trader Joe's. But this one, <laughs> this is it's just very common sense. So okay. it's sort of like anything you hover over, you can click. Okay. Anything you go on, you'll be able to click, and it'll take you exactly where you need to go. So you don't have to like. 
go inside a lesson in order to access this page or whatever. And okay. you can click from everywhere. It's really Exciting. well done. Yeah. I love it. It's very okay. nice. All right. Well, we'll keep you guys posted on that. And I'd love to get a, a front row seat to be able to see it as soon as possible. Absolutely. I'll, I'll you'll have to tell me who to harangue for that. Uh, Eliana. Oh, I, I have her phone number. Oh, I, yeah. I can do that. I, have, I know who to get. Okay. Uh, I want to start with, uh, uh, we've got a bunch of questions that have come in and mm -hmm. uh, we want to get to some questions. Absolutely. So uh, somebody wrote in and said, please help me get through the surly teenage years. Speaking of the, yes. about to have a 14 year old. And they said, my 14 year old has a bad attitude about almost everything except sports everything mm. especially school is stupid yeah uh, I know this is a phase but how do I respond and deal with all the negativity do I correct him or will that call attention to it what a great question what a tough question okay. it's a really tough question for me because I also have a uh, well not a 14 year old but I have a girl who just turned 16 yes. as you know and she also has, it's kind of difficult for me because I contrast her to her older sister just subconsciously and, and her brother, both yes. older. And they were just, they never complained about school right. at all, either one of them. And uh, with my 16-year-old, she complains about school. And, you know, so I guess I'm in the learning phase myself as well. But here's what I want to recommend. Um, before and I would say typically a lot of this sort of you know I have lots of thoughts about this so okay. I'm trying to get it organized here so the first part of it is make sure there isn't something else going on at school that's really important like often it's often you know we jump to I was I, we jump to saying yes you should just ignore it because he's he'll grow out of it and he will but the issue is just make sure there isn't something going on that's really disturbing. Now that could be a lot of different things. He could have a bully you don't know about. Uh, he could just really feel bad about himself because of the failures he experiences in various classes. So however you go about doing that, it's up to you. Uh, I would perhaps maybe definitely look at his grades, talk to the teachers, Perhaps have someone that you know that he doesn't know go in and do an observation for you. Uh, figure out what it is that he, he possibly, if he's into sports, maybe he has friends. So it's not necessarily about that. Maybe it's just academically difficult for him and it makes him feel like a failure. It's too challenging, in which case you should probably get him tutoring. In other words, figure out why he thinks school is stupid. Yeah. And if there is a valid reason that you can find, uh, then try to help it, try to fix it, get him a tutor. Uh, maybe if he has an option to select classes, change them around, something like that. Uh, increase his rewards. So that's another thing that we often forget is like demand and reward, they have to be balanced, right? So increase the rewards because obviously the demand seems to be too much. Otherwise, if everything seems to be going well, if he has great grades and all that sort of stuff, then what you're looking at is just, uh, you know, I don't want to say laziness, but a lot of our kids in their teen years have a preference for not doing anything. They procrastinate, they procrastinate, they don't want to deal with it, and they'd rather do stuff that they enjoy, like sports. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you just need to set up sort of a reinforcement system that allows him to engage in sports if he gets this other stuff done first. And that's as simple as, you know, just finish your meal and you'll get dessert. I mean, that's, yeah. it's the same basic concept. But 
I think it's important to figure that stuff out if you're going to help him, if there's, in case there's need for help. Now, having said all of that, there's something else very interesting, that as parents, we always immediately assume that our kids comment on things and we need to fix it. Yeah. And sometimes they comment on things they don't need to be fixed, they just want to share like they do with their friends. If a kid goes to their friend and says, this is just stupid, the friend is gonna say something like, yeah, it is, whatever, and they're gonna move on. Sometimes I realize that my daughter will say stuff to me, not because she wants me to go in and rescue her, but just because she wants to be able to complain to someone. Yeah. And that's it. So, you know, that might be the case too. Be observant and see if that's the situation that's happening. Okay. So much that you said there that I loved hearing all of that. I, 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 of course, I, I, my thoughts turned to Jem because he's about to be 14. Yes. And um, I honestly can say that one of the best things that we did that we started doing this year, um, be, first of all, we made school harder for him mm-hmm. because he was looking at stuff and going, I don't know what the point of this is. And I got to be honest, I was looking at it and going, yeah, I don't really know what the point of it is either because they have them do worksheets and, oh my gosh, you know, I, know. I mean, I know. it's just like, it's a little much. But we made school a little bit harder um, and then... How did you do that? Well, we moved him into a different Different school. Within the same school, there was a different group of kids that move a little bit faster. Got it. So we pushed for the really harder teachers. There was one teacher who is like known for being so tough that nobody you know wants to have their kid in there if they're afraid and I was like give us that one really? and it's been great really it's interesting awesome. uh, and it's been tough it has been tough and he has been unrelenting and it's been great fantastic um, but we also because uh, you always say the reward thing and my son's currency is not sports it's games and he mm-hmm. always wants to have friends over to play games because everything is I've noticed at this age everything is Joe cool I'm not having yeah, a reaction yeah. I'm apathetic to everything eh, it doesn't yeah. matter to me nothing I'm too cool for school right except about the one thing whatever they're really into yeah. and for my kid it's the video games so we gave him a Friday thing that if on Thursday and I have a way that I can check his grades if he has all A's and B's he gets to invite his friends over he can have five friends over so it's six teenage boys in my house and I have the snacks that's awesome. that, that are like that's the fantastic. thing and I let them make a mess that's in our fantastic. TV room and they play video games and they do live streams and the other kids from school come onto the live stream to watch it and they scream and yell I was on the phone the other the other Friday and somebody said, is there a fist fight at your house? Because they scream and yell and go, no! Amazing. All of them together and they they actually, all of the apathy goes away. And he has worked like a dog right. to make sure that he has an A or a B on Thursday so that he can have his thing on Friday. But what it's also done is that he has those core of people so I've noticed that everything at school has gotten better because he has that group of people. Yep. Um, so so it's many of the things. It's fantastic. It helps so much. It really it has made such a difference. And, and we had a little get together the other day for his birthday, and, and parents were saying, "So who are these uh, this these group? How did you get this group of kids around him?" And I was like, "We have a Friday thing, and it's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like it." Can I be honest that it's a it's a miserable thing for me because they tear my house apart and it's a little on the expensive side to put that much sugar that I don't really necessarily agree with into these kids sugar and gluten I'm not about that about uh, Bryce Myler had taught me that she was like make your house have the best snacks 
that everybody wants to go. She's uh, right. She's right. And, you know, uh, so I they say they like Twinkies. I have Twinkies. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> what can you say? But anyway, so awesome. uh, good luck with that. And then, you know, he still is too cool for school the rest of the week, but he cares deeply about the Friday. That's fantastic. And at least... You know, because in, even in that movie Inside Out, there's the whole thing about the transition from the girl and the, the death of joy. Yeah. That they have to become teenagers and joy has to take a backseat. Absolutely right. But I get to see him be joyful on Fridays and on almost kid-like, you know, not little kid-like, but screaming and yelling and high-fiving and jumping up in the air and it's, doing it's whatever. It's so absolutely fantastic. And, and that, that's the thing that maintains the good grade. That's right. It's that's like right. cheating. It's it really amazing. Is. It's anyway, amazing. So that. Uh, okay, let's take a short break and then we'll come back with more questions for Dr. Doreen Grampuche. Stick with us. Hi, I'm Yvonne Johansson, and this is My Little House. My Little House is an interactive, multi-sensory, educational felt toy that I invented to help develop children's language skills. I love My Little House. I've been working as a speech therapist for over 20 years. I have spent my entire career working with young children. I work with children with language delays, and I have many children with significant cognitive disabilities and children on the autism spectrum. It has been a constant challenge finding toys that are fun, educational, and actually engage my students. In every preschool since I've been a young therapist, we carry on these felt boards. Kids love them because they're soft and they're fluffy, and there's usually these little pieces that attach to these boards because felt sticks onto felt. You bring them into the activity because they're now they're putting a piece on the board. So it's almost kind of like magic. So then I just thought, wouldn't it be great if I could just take this one-dimensional board and make it into an actual three-dimensional toy? How cool would that be? That's the idea behind My Little House. You can spread it out flat like a four-panel felt board, or here's the cool part. In the blink of an eye, My Little House easily converts into a three-dimensional reversible house. This is the outside. This is the inside. My Little House comes with 36 felt cutout pieces that match outlines in eight colorful rooms. And they're felt, so they stick. Each piece inside My Little House has been placed with purpose. For instance, in the kitchen, whole half, under, on top, inside, big, bigger, and biggest, empty and full, circle, triangle, inside, outside, Really cool thing, I have a nonprofit, Lecotech. They are the folks that put out the Differently Able Guide for Toys R Us. They've been doing it for 25 years. They gave me their seal of approval as a toy that they feel is a toy with purpose and that will make a difference. But My Little House isn't just for kids on the spectrum or with significant disorders. It's also for typically developing two to five-year-olds. It's a fun toy. Recently, I took My Little House to the American Speech and Hearing Association convention in Philadelphia, and the response from my peers was overwhelming. Hundreds of therapists, teachers, and heads of school districts wanted to order them. It was real validation for me that this truly is a toy that needs to get out there. Hi, I'm Shannon Penrod. 
I'm a proud autism mom, I'm a former educator, and I am the host of Autism Live. And as all three of those things, I want to recommend to you My Little House. This is one of the smartest toys I have ever seen for teaching language to kids who have emerging language. Whether they're on the autism spectrum or completely neurotypical, it's a great, fun, reinforcing toy, but it's especially great for our kids that are on the autism spectrum because it makes learning fun and it makes it tactile. They have these felt shapes and they get to match them up. And I'm telling you, even the adults love to play with this. We loved this toy so much that we wanted to be able to bring it to you at a great discount. So right now, if you will go to www.smartfelttoys and when you get to the coupon code, put in a-live.com, you'll get $5 off. Isn't that great? So I want to encourage you, go and get My Little House for all the kiddos in your life. Welcome back to Autism Live. I hope that you're as excited about those My Little Houses, or as I call them, Mikasa Pequeña, because I got one for my niece that we just, uh, we just have a new family member that um, my niece adopted from Colombia who speaks Spanish, and so we're calling it Mikasa Pequeña. Nice. Uh, and I cannot wait to give it to her. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, in any case, we are here with Dr. Doreen Grampiche, and she's answering your questions. We had a question come in on the live feed. Uh, Kara says, my 11-year-old son, who has autism and is ID is really starting to dig in his heels. If he is asked to do something he absolutely does not want to do, example, getting out of the pool at Special Olympic swim practice, which turns into him screaming, resisting, etc., and can become a safety issue. Do you have advice on how we can help him with transitions like this? The explosive behavior is really starting to happen more frequently. And he's when it, eleven you, year old, right? And and you said, could you read the first section again? She says, it, my ele will... my eleven year old son has autism mm -hmm. and is ID intellectual disability. Okay, go got ahead. It. And, then, and is really starting to dig in his heels. Uh -huh. If he's asked to do something, he absolutely does not want to do. For example, getting out of the pool at the right, Special right, Olympics right, swim right. practice. Got it. Okay. So you know. So the thing is, there's two, uh, you know, so basically it's a very simple situation where obviously we, the, the difficulty that our kids have is always following a, an instruction or a demand, and particularly when it's going from a preferred activity to a non-preferred activity. So going from being in the pool to being outside of the pool and having to shower and get dressed and all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, essentially, they will. What happens, I'm guessing, is that he will scream tantrum, get aggressive, whatever it is, and then he, by doing that, he stays in the pool longer. And what happens is he has conditioned you, he has used the ABA on you. In other words, what he's doing is he punishes you for requesting that he get out of the pool. You ask, you say, come on, get out of the pool, it's time to go, and he'll, I don't know what, what it is that he does, but he has a major uh, tantrum or whatever it is, and this is a punishment for you or whoever is asking him, because now the next time, you're less likely to ask, because you don't want to deal with that punishment, which is him freaking out on you. 
So it's really very simple. He's yeah. it's very effective. He's working you, He's which working. is a sign of intelligence. It definitely is. Whenever a child does something manipulative like this, it's always a sign of intelligence because they're taking the principles of ABA and and manipulating you with it, which is fantastic. Now what you have to do is kind of reverse the, the problem here and essentially you have to consider it as, okay, what is the problem behavior? The problem behavior is him tantruming, et cetera, et cetera. And what you would like to do is not allow that behavior to be effective. We know for a fact that that behavior occurs when he is told to give up a reinforcer that he wants. So essentially what he's doing is he is getting really upset every time you ask him to do something. So he's avoiding that activity. So what you have to do is you have to ignore what he does and you have to actually force him to do what you said. And that is going to be a little bit difficult initially, but uh, I don't know how, and the child's 11, uh, you should probably have an adult there who uh, forces the issue so that when you, and you can give him a transition, absolutely. For instance, you can say, you can give him a timer and you can say it's five minutes, it's four minutes and show him on the timer somehow, some visual timer that really helps. And then when it, when it finally, uh, the timer goes off, you must physically help him to get out of the pool. Now he's tantruming, crying. I don't know if she describes what his outbreak, uh, outburst is. Well, she said screaming, resisting, and it can become a safety issue. Right. So basically you need help and you need someone who is trained in assaultive behavior management. This is, these are some techniques where you know how to defend and protect yourself and you know how to restrain the person if you need to if they're doing something that's going to endanger them or yourself. So, but, but it will require the breaking of this habit. In other words, he will need to physically be helped out and then redirect it to some other activity so that he realizes that when you say it is time to get out, he gets out. Now, what you also will do is, event, over time, you will teach him, first you'll just teach him, when I ask you to leave, it is time to leave, period, and that's that. And you must follow through with it, and when he leaves, you give him a big, after his time, so he leaves, now he's having a major outburst, doesn't matter, you will assist him to go in, and then you'll wait, don't interact with him, you will wait for him to calm down enough where you can actually give him something else to do. Usually I like to pick something that's a natural, very easy thing for the individual to do. So uh, for instance, um, I don't know, you know, ask for a glass of water or uh, maybe, you know, something in their room, some other thing that requires very little response level. So touch something or I don't know your child, so I don't know what his capabilities are, but something very easy. And the reason you ask him to do that is because as soon as he does something positive, you can reward it. So, so it could be, could you turn on the TV? Absolutely. It could be yeah. anything simple. Could you turn on the TV? Uh, it'd be take off your shirt. It could be whatever it is, like yeah. put on your, uh, get a towel, open the water, whatever right. it is. And reward, reward, reward for that. Even though he might be screaming and tantruming, it doesn't matter. You, you're giving him instructions right. and you're rewarding for those instructions and you're ignoring the tantrum. The tantrum is not happening, but you're just moving along, moving yeah. along. And don't discuss what happened, nothing like that. Tomorrow, the same thing. You give, put a, allow him to go in the pool 
and then you give him the transition period of time and uh, gradually if he learns to ask for more time uh, which will you do later anyway you'll teach him to verbalize later uh, once he's learned that your word is the word and uh, once he's learned that when it's time to leave it's time to leave you can teach him to request more time you can teach him to say can i have five minutes and then give him the five minutes on the timer in fact that's not a bad idea even when you yeah. start um, and he'll see that the timer when the timer goes off you're not changing your mind this is very important don't start this if you don't have the stomach for it because if you start it and he tantrums and then you give in what he's now learned is the the lar the more my tantrum the louder i am the in more intense i am the more likely they're going to give in and so now you've reinforced the higher level of tantruming don't do that please so just make sure you have enough people around you to help and then just stay firm with it so this is the typical thing that our kids learn um you know if i tantrum they'll let me get away with anything and i think you know from a parent's perspective it's it's that much easier if you do this if you have an ABA uh, provider and you go to the team and say, you know, I want to do this and have them help you start it because you'll get off to a good start. So often parents can do like if it's 20 steps, we can do 18 of the steps and get them right. But if we blow it on the two, we tend to not realize that we blew it on the two and we go, this doesn't work. Right. And I know firsthand that what you just described works. It works. It's hard. It is it's hard. mentally hard for parents because we just we don't have the stomach for it and it doesn't feel very rewarding in the minute because it feels like your child is just freaking out and now your life is is miserable but i i know you know when we were starting aba it was right when the tiger mom stuff was all in the news the mom who was like you know my kids are going to do this and the dad who would take away their blankets and they'd have to earn their blankets at oh night oh my gosh and you know and they interviewed the one kid who was old enough to leave the home and said i will never see my father again yeah um he's entitled to his opinion about raising but i'm never going to see my father again and i remember when i got it in aba when you guys told me what to do and how to do it and when i got it and my son got it and i was able to follow through on something and i had that epiphany of we are going to get along better now definitely he and i are going to be closer because he is going to do what I ask him to do because he trusts me mm -hmm. and he knows that only good things happen then and he's going to want to listen to me That's right. and we will be closer and better. I remember that Crystal Shepard had said to me when she told me about ABA, she said, if you do it and do it right, it's the best parent training that you will ever get in your entire life and your friends will start to go, how'd you do that? And, and my friends did start yep. to say, how, how do you get him to do when at, we'd be at the pool and I would say, you have five minutes, and he would go, okay, mom. And then five minutes later, he would get out of the pool and they'd be dragging their neurotypical kids out screaming and kicking and go, how do you do that? Is that because of autism that he gets out so compliantly? And I would go, ha, <laughs> you know, like that's a reality. No, and, and that he would get out and give me a hug because he knew he was going to something that was even more fun. That's right, and because you made it fair and rewarding. This is but it was always, ugly in the beginning. Oh, it's always ugly in the beginning because what we end up doing as parents is we don't, and this happens a lot when your child has a diagnosis, obviously, because you feel guilty and you feel bad, and so you want to nurture more even than the typical parent, yeah. right? You just want to give them everything you can. So in effect, I mean, the lay term is we spoil our kids. We spoil them, and then 
it gets to a point where we're not we're not doing anything abusive right. but we're also not defending ourselves and the parents right to be able to say it's time to get out of the pool or it's time to do whatever it is is just good parenting it's not abuse yeah. right I don't know how I feel about like you having to earn your blanket back. Oh, I there's don't like that at all. There's a little bit of a difference here because there's no, you don't need to, you know, we're not saying in, by any means raise your child in an army barracks. We're not right. saying that at all. I we're, think the opposite. Exactly. In fact, and that's what's really important for parents to realize is that you, we're not, you, you're not being abusive. You, what you're doing is you're teaching your child that there are certain rules in life. One of yeah. those rules is listening to your parent. Later on, these rules become extremely important in life. Children who never learn to follow rules are the children who later on get thrown in jail, get you know, do things that get them, get into trouble. They don't have boundaries because they don't realize that there are societal rules, and all you're doing is you're teaching the child that there are societal rules. There are rules, and you need to de deal with those rules. And the satisfaction of it initially, when the child is young, obviously you have to pair it with a lot of reward. But over time. The child starts to, and I'm sure Jem is there now, it, there becomes, they develop a sense of just, uh, uh, they feel good about themselves for having complied with the rule. And that is really, really important, you know, and it, some kids it takes longer and other kids it's shorter. I mean, my, like I always contrast, I always talk about my kids too, like Nikki, you know, and you know Nikki, she's always very rule governed. In fact, most of her life I tried to tell, teach her to do others, you know, not be so rule governed, but she gains such an incredible sense of satisfaction by doing the right thing um, that, and she's always had that, right? And Sonny didn't for a very long time. My son, I was like, when is he going to feel just satisfied by doing his homework himself? Like, right. when is he going to enjoy getting good grades? And right. he's now there. Yeah. And I am just so overjoyed because it, it just required, I don't know what it required to be honest with you, but now he's getting A's and he's enjoying it. Now you see him like spending hours studying because he doesn't want to get anything other than A's. You right. Know? And it just developed on its own. And I think it's a, that's the kind of thing for the child over time, they actually become more, they develop this sense of self-worth because they've done what the parent asked. They, and I always say this, Shannon, about our kids, a lot of kids, the reason we do things initially when we're young is because we want our parents to be happy with us and not mad at us. So with our children on the spectrum, sometimes they don't recognize that. They don't realize that the parents' emotions are in any way are affected. They don't care because they're not even aware of the parent. Yeah. And once you make them aware, then it's just really good parenting. And, yeah, and, tough, and this is an opportunity to do that. Um, so, and I should say, if you want information about how to follow through on some of these techniques, right. Institute for Behavioral Training, go to ibehavioraltraining.com. You'll you can they start as low as seven dollars and fifty cents for a video training that you can get for a period of time mm -hmm. that you can watch it, your significant other can watch it, your babysitter can watch it. And I it, recommend it, especially the modules so on how to handle challenging behaviors. It's just so important that you learn these techniques. And I, you know, when people ask me, well, where should I start? I always tell them to start with compliance. Right. Um, because when you, when you start to see what it takes, how little effort it takes to get true compliance, 
And true compliance for me is not that you say something and it's like a drill sergeant, like the tiger mom, where you say it and they do it. True compliance is when you ask somebody to do it and they want to do it for you. Absolutely. And they thought through, is this a good thing to do? Because I didn't want a child that would just do whatever anybody told them right, to do. I right. want them to have a mind of their own and think, is this something that's worthwhile? Yes, I'm going to do that because I like right. you and I think this is worthwhile. And then they comply. Oh, that's that's when you've got the all the good, good stuff, stuff going on. Okay, I'm going to move on to this other question, though, because we've got some good questions here. Uh, Marie had written in and said, when is a good time to teach a child with autism potty training? Oh, yeah. Well, I would, and that differs for each child and their skill set, but I don't necessarily think you should delay potty training. I think somewhere around, I would say, probably two or so, you should work on potty training. Um, you know, if your child's three, you should definitely work on potty training. Um, I would just treat it like any other issue. Um, our kids learn just the same way. Um, typically developing kids learn, your typical kids learn, so I would do it the same time, as young as possible. And boys usually take a little bit longer than girls, but go for it. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, and then somebody else had written in on our live feature saying, how do I get started with my appointment for, with appointments for my daughter? Um, she has autism and when can I get started? Well, if you're with a car, if you're trying to get started through card, then you just go on our website and there's a portal to get started. Um, you can also call our 800 number and we get you started that way. Um, One of the best things, we because we don't know where you are and you didn't write in right. where you are, if you go to centerforautism.com and you click on the locations tab, you can see all the states where CARD is established and places where they're taking um, clients where they don't necessarily have a center yet, but where right. they're taking clients, it'll, it'll say, if it just has a location, then you know that they have a center there. If it says taking clients now, it's a relatively new thing. Um, but there's more than 140 across the U.S. and more that are coming. I, I'm told that it's going to be 200 by the end of the year. So yeah, uh, that's, that's just, our goal. That's a I lot. I think we're around 140 right now. Yeah, that's uh, so 140. And and if you live within 30 miles of one of those centers, um, then you know definitely start the portal. If you don't, you can still do the portal because there are other things that you can talk about. There's telehealth. Um, there are other considerations to do. So, but. Um, you know, it'll look a little bit different. And we can yeah. talk about that another time. But centerforautism.com, go to the locations tab first and see. It is a lengthy process getting started and people don't realize that. Yes, yes. And it's lengthy and I have to apologize, but there's two main reasons I think that it's, well, three reasons, to be honest. One reason is we often have a long wait period from getting funding. So we try, we have to gather all this information from you and send it to insurance or whoever is funding it. And that takes a while to do. And um, that's one reason. Another reason is just because we're very obsessive about getting to know the child. So we require you to fill out a lot of uh, assessments on your child initially. And that's really important for us. And so that's a second reason that, so initial paperwork and then getting it through to, to, to your funding source. And the third reason is seriously just because we're overloaded. Like yeah. we have, uh, I don't even, the, the vast majority of people here at headquarters work on admissions, authorizations, you know, posting, billing, et cetera. And it's all uh, just because, uh, you know, in, in just the month of April alone, uh, we did 216 intakes, yeah. new patients, just in that's one month. So that just takes, it's a, 
it's we're overloaded it's so but you know sign up and you know one of the things about I that I actually love is that you have to do the paperwork now yes because uh, it used to be that you would sit and wait and wait and wait and you know as as a team was being put together for your child and there was a little bit of paperwork to do but yes. now you'll be taking the assessment on skills which I think is the single greatest investment you can make in your child right um, because and it's, it's the short it, assessment it's going to serve you for for however long your child is needing extra support it's right. going to help you with your IEP it, it's going to show you exactly where your child is now which is what we all want to know in the beginning and how far do I have to get and how do I see progress it's a good investment of time it'll give you something to do to put your energy that's positive for your kid um, but don't be under the mistaken notion that I heard somebody say yesterday well I'm you know I think what I'm gonna do is start ABA for the summer so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna call and get that started for the summer mm -hmm. because I've got a little bit more free time for the summer and I and my heart bled because I thought well if you start today you know maybe you'll be starting midsummer but you're not gonna be I think people think oh well I'll just call and get services next week it doesn't work that way no, but get true. started now is a good time to start whenever it is uh, okay I wanted to go to this question hi Shannon my teen doesn't hear when people talk to him he has perfect hearing when tested at annual physical and if we talk about his favorite topics he definitely will hear what <laughs> happened was we were exiting a store the security guard asked him if he paid he didn't hear oh, and didn't oh. notice the person talking to him. I was right behind him and answered for him. This was at the grocery store. And yes, he has anxiety and auditory sensory issues. What is this and how do we get him to tune into the world? Can see this making a social impact and being misunderstood. And thanks so much, you amazing ladies. We're looking forward to the telethon with Corey. And that's our haircut mom. That's fantastic. We love her. Yes, we do. Um, so I... <sighs> I would have to assume that this is it's not that he doesn't hear obviously it's that he's shut off the world due to I would have to guess his anxiety so I think what you do is you do a shaping procedure you basically do it gradually uh, it could be anxiety and it could also be background noise I don't know but you know it sounds like he does perfectly fine if you're talking about his uh, uh, if, uh, his favorite topics so it doesn't sound like it's per, it's it's you know background noise issue. It just has to do with the fact that if you're not on something that's of interest, he doesn't tune in. So I think what you do is you can do it multiple different ways. You can reduce. You can basically start by talking about his favorite things, and then throw in a sentence that has nothing to do with his favorite things. And then over the course of the next month, make it two sentences and three sentences and so on and so forth. And that way, get him to have dialogue. I think you'll probably succeed with that. But then it won't, it's generalization, not just across the content, but I think it also has to do with generalization across people. So he might have a hard time responding. He might respond to you or listen to you, but not to strangers or someone like the security guard. So you'll need to fade into that as well. You need to shape that behavior as well. Uh, of other people talking to him um, who he doesn't know perhaps and then also and you know just stand there and make him stop and listen for a moment and the other thing is the way that we work on this is we go one sentence at a time obviously so as you give one sentence you ask a question about it two sentences ask a question about it 
that sort of thing. And then I think the, the third factor is distance. So if, you, if someone talks to him from a distance, you're going to want to shape that as well. So start out very close and then gradually fade out. And I talk fast to haircut mom because she's an ABA expert by yes. now. Yes, no kidding. No <laughs> so kidding. what you're doing is you're generalizing across the content type and you're generalizing across the people involved doing it and the distance. Okay, wonderful. I wanna, if you, you got one mind, that you want? Well, the one that is from Tasmania. Okay, let's do that one next. Yeah. All right. Hi, Shannon. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, well, I, they're from Tasmania. I was yes. going to say their name as if you would all know their name, but I don't want to identify anybody. I have found your program on YouTube, and this is how I started to follow you due to time difference. I love the program. I love you and Dr. Doreen. I'm so grateful for what you guys do. My boy is three years and two months. I do ABA at home. 20 hours a week. It's amazing. The only ABA therapist of the state lives on a different city, uh, so we arrange to do clinic on Skype, and she then sends me the new programs. I'm exhausted, and I'm finding it difficult to keep my son interested in rewards. The only things that effectively work for him throughout the session without running away are food and YouTube videos. So I take the phone back in between programs. The therapist said that the videos could make him uninterested in anything else at all. I'm trying to avoid to work with the phone, but it's hard even to get him sit voluntarily without it. Any advice on how to keep him engaged in ABA, and is it bad to use the videos sometimes? Thanks. Right. You know, what's funny is that in a, there was a part of the A word where there was a phase in which Jack Riley, that's all he was interested in was the phone and watching other kids on YouTube. Yeah. And they use it. Yeah, um, absolutely. You should use it. I'm, I'm just about to say that. So anything that's a powerful reinforcer, you use. Don't even worry about it. The important thing about it is the length. So if you ask him to come sit down and then you give him a video for 10 minutes, that's not good because the, the reinforcer has to be, uh, can't be longer than the task itself, the okay. response. So you basically, if you ask him to come sit down, it is perfectly fine to give him some sort of, I think you said he also likes food. Uh, you know, basic small demands uh, you should probably reinforce with something that is very fast. Now, if you're able to use the videos but cut them off, that's fine too. So, like, you could let him watch a video for 10 seconds, cut it off, and just put it there and have him do the next task, and then let him watch 10 more seconds. A lot of times our kids get a little bit frustrated with that because the 10 seconds of a video doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, what you, what you should do is you should start a token system. Go on the IBT website, Institute for Behavioral Training, which is ibehavioraltraining.com, and learn how to do a token economy. What you want to do is you'll start out with just very basic. When he sits down, you will draw, let's say, a happy face, and you'll give him a, a candy or something that he likes. And then gradually what you do is you replace the candy with all just smiley faces or happy faces or some sticker or something that's important to him. And once you have two or three of these, then he can earn a long period of time watching a video. Now, video works perfectly fine, but it, it, you have to let the child watch it for like a minute or two for it to make any sense. Who knows? He might even enjoy it for 15 seconds. If he does enjoy it for 15 seconds, don't hesitate to let him watch it. The fact that the, someone told you that the videos would make him uninterested in anything else, no. A lot of kids are just extremely interested in videos because the, they get more out of it than anything else, you know? So that's not the issue. 
But so do this and it'll work and it'll be fine. You always, any kind of reinforcer, as long as it's short, is going to be fine. Now, more importantly, what I want to tell you is you cannot do this alone. This, God bless you for trying to do this and it's fantastic, but 20 hours a week is a lot of time for one person to be doing this. So what I would really recommend you do is slow down for a minute, train yourself a little bit more and get a team around you. So you seem like you just jumped in and you're doing a fantastic job and you're working out. I'm worried more about you burning out. So what I would do is I would really recommend um, strongly that you get maybe two other people to help you. They could be uh, high school kids. Uh, maybe there's a high school or something where they have to do community service. I don't know. Or if you could pay them a little bit. Um, and you, ha you teach everyone, you have everyone get on IBT, get on the Institute for Behavioral Training website and start going through those modules. That's where you learn all the techniques. You need to know these techniques. Something as simple as just having the individual come to you has a technique. There's a technique involved in come here. There's a technique involved in sit down. There's prompting that goes into each of these that are important. There's a process that's involved with putting the two together. There's all these shaping and, and procedures that are important. You can't just tell the child, come here and sit down, and they'll come here and sit down. You have to know these techniques. And these are incredibly important to the process. And if you don't do it with those the, the right way, you'll be frustrated, he'll be frustrated, it just it'll fall apart. So take the time, uh, try to hire one or two people to help you. And then try to spend some time learning these on IBT. Obviously, once you buy a module, you can have five people watch it 10 times. It doesn't matter. Just get really good with this. And once you have that, then obviously you can go back and start teaching. Your child is three. It's the best time. But don't panic. You could take a couple of months to really learn this stuff and then get your child involved with it. And we do also do telehealth, as Shannon said. I know that in Australia, your time difference is ridiculous with us, but we do telehealth and if you're interested you could get one of our supervisors to take you through and do all of this for you and and what a worthwhile thing to do i, I do want to say that you know sometimes we we tell people well you're going to be reinventing the wheel but the fact of the matter is that at this point in the game there have been many people who've come before you and hired other people absolutely and sometimes that it's been volunteers we had one mom who got a local sorority mm -hmm. sororities and uh, fraternities have to adopt a cause they have to have a charitable cause, and they adopted her child. And yes. over a three-year period of time, all of the sorority sisters That's learned amazing. and worked with the kids. Yes. And and then another family that we had that that their church got together and said, "We're going to do this That's with right. uh, with a little right. girl." So you know, we have seen people be able to do this on zero dollars. That's you would right. not be the first one. It does mean you have to get outside your comfort zone and ask for people, and then you have to train them, and you have to be very on them and make sure that they're doing it right and, and being safe with your kid. And yes. um, you know, it, it is. But but, but the truth effective. of the matter is, is that if you really want to be, if you're already doing 20 hours yourself, and you really want to get to 40, yes, let's be honest about that where you really want to be is at 40, and there's no way that you can do that by yourself. Even if you wanted to, you wouldn't get to true generalization. Thank so you. you've got That's to have other very people good on point. your team. That's right. And when you go from 20 to 40, you'd be shocked how fast your child gets through these issues because they won't tantrum as much, they won't have a hard time because it'll be a lot of hours. Yeah. 
and it's so much easier. And you know, I always refer to one of our dear uh, families who's on on the recovered tapes, right? Uh, Ruffin. Yeah. And he, uh, who, by the way, I don't know if I told you that I decided to do a follow-up to recover. Yes, I'm very right. excited and about. Of course, this. Ruffin very uh, graciously agreed to also uh, be on there again. It's the same kids. They're all in, and they want to show us what amazing stuff they're doing with their lives now. And Ruffin, who I think is in his late 20s by now, is of course uh, in a PhD program now, and he, I think, switched from robotics to computer science or something, or statistics, I'm not sure right now, but he's doing fantastically well. His family was in a very rural area in the U.S., and uh, his f amazing mom got all the neighbors to come and become therapists. And Evelyn, who was their supervisor, would fly out, and it would literally take like 16 hours to get there, you know, like wow. plane, train, and automobile. Again, once you got there, you had to train everyone, the neighborhood, and they all worked with him. And I love watching those early videos because these are moms and, you know, yeah. other students and people just coming together to help this one child. It's doable. It's doable. Absolutely. But you're gonna need some you're gonna need some help. Support. And that's gonna that's gonna take a little bit of time, but you can do it.